we'll pick up there next week. Yeah, yeah let's let's re- record some afterthoughts and then yeah. After pee. So yeah, yeah do it. Um, welcome, welcome to the Cyclopolis. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah! This is this is a boss room, right? This is Professor Pig in uh, <laughs> Arkham in Arkham uh, Arkham not Arkham City Arkham Arkham Knight. Sure. Oh, you're talking about the the like third one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the fourth one, but yeah, the, the third one. one. Those games and not any of the other ones. Um, cities. I I guess honestly, Origins is my favorite, but that's just because it was City again. But yeah, City City is probably the best one. Night Arkham Knight wasn't actually very good. There were cool parts of a mostly bad game. But yeah, I would actually recommend City. I think I think that that's got all the things firing on all cylinders. I didn't really like Arkham Asylum all that much. I thought it kind of ran out of juice about halfway through the game. I liked Arkham Asylum because I played it thinking of it like a uh, a mega dungeon. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 And and like that that's cool. But um it's one of those games where the one of the like the side missions actively hinder your immersion. Yeah. And City still allows for something resembling immersion and then after that the game they don't, they don't even try anymore it's it's kind of like skyrim where it's like just run around and do whatever the fuck you want and like maybe you can play this game and maybe not it's up to you but <laughs> there's a I, game there's a game for you to play but we're not giving it to you <laughs> i really i really want a game because i i do like what i like about those first two is that it makes you feel like batman but i don't need like an open world to play around in as batman I mean, like, a guided experience is pretty important when you're trying to deal in a very specific genre, I think. Yes. And an open world yeah. is, I don't want to say antithetical to that, but you need to try like, it pretty hard. Yeah, don't... Give, me, give me a Batman game that's more like, uh, oh, like uh, The Last of Us, you know, where it's, like, a pretty tightly written. Like, there's not a lot of fucking around in The Last of Us. Yeah. I have the Telltale games, and that might, I mean, that's not really going to hmm. be, you know, that's going to be fucking... Uh, Quick time events the whole fucking time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be closer to what you're talking about. I I think for a Batman game, you do want to feel a little bit more. I think The Last of Us actually does split that difference in a good way, where it makes you feel like there's like R- there's enough RPG elements to make it feel like you chose a lot of paths without actually yeah. choosing a lot of narrativistic paths. I kind of hate it's that like, shit, unless it's a game like. Yeah, like Dishonored gives you kind of those like here's your here's your toolkit and you can choose what you're gonna focus on and everything else. But when it comes to like a fucking yeah. shooty game, like I'm so tired of RPG elements in games that don't just don't yeah, need just, it. I don't need to get better. It's why I like Doom. Well, yeah, I mean that's the definitive, right? And I but I definitely fall into that yeah. camp more for like what I want from it. Like Breath of the Wild is a great example. Like it's a, it's whatever. But I never you never you here are your tools that you just fucking start with at the beginning of the game. Go nuts. Mm. And I know people have problems with that, but it's not just like select this path to jump to double jump. Like why? Uh yeah, I I yeah. I like when RPG elements are tied to somehow the narrative of the story and can be interesting. When I think of The Last of Us, I like when it and sure, when it's like, right. oh, you get to this place and you you find shit to you know, it's like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. And it makes it feel like you're progressing narrativistically in the same way. It's not just yeah, you're just like, oh, I found the talisman that allows me to double like like you said like the double jump like that's that shit's horrible but if you're like oh i found this bow that was sitting on top of this roof now i can use a bow 
you know, like it's kind of coincidental, but it kind of ties into like that, where yeah, you I would are rather in the story. That. I mean, that's what like that. Doom does is just yeah. keep finding yeah. cool games. I don't want the... I don't mind if a game is based on Ludo narrative, right? Like Skyrim is exclusively Ludo narrative. Like yeah. it's your what you make of it becomes the story. Yeah, but like that's not what I want from a Batman game. Yeah. Um, oh, we're ta- so we're talking about best bat best ideas. No, no, no. For uh, we, we, I was talk so I was talking the way that we got here was I said that this boss fight is going to be Professor Pig from the third Batman game mm. or fourth, depending on how you're counting. Um. And they just—I don't think—I had I, neither of you had played it, right? Oh no, no, Ryan played it. I have. Um. Anyway, that's how we got here. Yeah. I will say that what we're getting at here is that one, Kingdom Come Deliverance is something that 100% Ryan should play, and two, uh, Metroidvania games are the best kinds of games, so it's fine. It's, yeah, Metroidvania games uh, are yeah, pretty great. That's a good take on it. We were kind of talking about this the other day when it came to RPGs of like. What what does a game look like if the only way to gain new abilities is by interacting with the world? And I think that's really interesting. And there's that the oh, thing that I linked right, the yeah. other day that I said like, oh Ryan, per the thing you said earlier, which was mentioning that that game looks like it's supposed to do that. I haven't really read it. Um, just for future JD, oh I didn't, I saw it, but I, I haven't looked at it. Yeah, yeah. Future JD is talking about Hard Knock World. Yes, that is what I'm talking. By Troy Press. <laughs> in case, in case you want to link that in the in the notes to this. Patreon episode, feed. yeah, yeah, and it's a cool concept, and I think that that gets back to it, and like, it's such an arbitrary, you know, thing to a certain extent when you talk about like creative, like, you know, story, story, story gaming as like a thing, right? Rather than D and D stuff is like, I don't need, and like PBTA games already do this a little bit by like funneling most PBTA games. Dungeon World obviously is the mm-hmm. example, and it's why it's it's bad. But you know, like having more limited choices that you can pull from that affect the narrative. And Apocalypse World is really good at this and like set that standard or whatever. But I think there's something to be said for that also not making sense of like, if these are my abilities, let me just choose my abilities at the beginning of the game. And then A, long form storytelling isn't a thing, you know, like, and so why are we still designing around it? I mean, it is a thing, but like, it's not as common, but we're still designing for it rather than just being like, you have all five of these abilities at the beginning and they're all really good and they all let you do cool things. Go for it. And you can focus on certain elements or not. And then like the only way to learn new things is to have a story reason for how you learned them, not just picking a thing and then just like retroactively justifying it. Yeah. Yeah. Because as we're getting out here, with the game we're playing now, Melio is like, I want to be able to fix Kimmon. And, like, you would have taken the ritual as, like, a base move. And you would not have used it to this point. Yeah. And so, therefore, nothing about your character would really have changed if we'd have been playing with a different kind of, like, base stats. Yeah. Um. And, and this is really... We talked about the bard being kind of shitty. But... This this specific scenario really exercises that where your character wants to figure out how to undo the thing that they did, though mm-hmm. it's not obvious to you yet that they did that. Yeah. But you don't have a move in your move set that says undo a thing you did. Exactly, yeah. Um, it, it's the type of thing where you dabble in things that are bigger than you are and you want to aspire to do that and the bard class can't can't literally do that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't it's know. Like, what if what if the only way to advance is to find magic items? That'd be fine. As far as like getting more stuff in your toolbox, like you start with a th- like your standard moves or whatever that define your class, but then from that point on, once you have that, like the only way is to find you know you find a ritual book, you find a thing, you find these things that let you do more powerful abilities, like a Metroidvania, and then it changes that. Yeah. 
I, from that point I on. like this I like this for the roll sword or sorcery. Mm. I like this for that game that we need to make. Yeah, this little thing that we've been talking about. And I mean that makes it easier too. Like the playbooks are still they still matter, but they Right. They don't define where you're going to go the way that like things kind of arbitrarily do in Yeah, you you they define where you start, yeah. right? They just the starting line. Yeah. I fucking never look at the advanced moves for Dungeon World classes cuz it's a it's a weird <laughs> thing where like I do sometimes I, yeah, I do sometimes. Also, I want to put this out into the universe. Like, when something feels good, I want to do it more and do it more often. <laughs> and I think of games that do that really successfully and succinctly back in the PlayStation 2 era, which were like those fucking simple Jack and Daxter after the first one and those like Ratchet and Clank games where it was like, you like this thing that you can do? Keep working on your true, you know, just upgrade it and then you can just do that thing all day. Like the game is meant to be sliced and diced however you want to approach it and whatever feels good to you. And I think that that's kind of good game design. Some people have tried to emulate at least the Ratchet and Clank thing. And Ryan has tried this a few times and we, we haven't gotten it to sing in the game with the uh, checkboxes yeah. and you your, your, your mm-hmm. item levels up. I think that there's something to be mined there. And it may just be how we play this game or or what, but we haven't gotten that mechanic. I think the checkboxes, it just needs to be every time you use it. I and agree. And then make using it awesome. Because I yep. think that's, the, like, it can't be on a fail or it can't be on, like, it can't be another kind of experience. It has to be, well, I mean, it, it is another kind of experience, but it needs to be maybe faster and more iterative. Well, that's I agree. Usually, that. usually At least for our games, yeah. Binary, right? Like, fill this thing up, and now it does this thing, whereas most video games, you know, it's more incremental. Uh, yeah. So it's like a slow improvement. And so I think that could be part of it, too, maybe. You're taking away from that, too, as you, like, level up this weapon, then you, uh, or level up this, this magical item or whatever. You, like, it slowly gets better, but then that assumes you have a lot of usually numbers to work with right like you're, oh you're doing an extra five yeah. damage which sort of sucks in rpgs like that's not fun you know yeah so i think that's a difference in video game versus rpg design i also yeah. think the design often with these specialty items we create a like a small narrative inside of them and that comes with the utilizing it and upgrading it they're you know most of the time we've had it with these weird drawbacks or like this thing is cursed and you know it's going to make you do bad things and stuff like that where the items take on this mini narrative which i found often works counter to what we're the bigger story we're telling when they work well it weaves itself into the story but there's definitely been times where it's felt slightly clunky as you're like oh yeah my bloodthirsty blade that needs to sate itself you know and it's kind of like oh but we're just trying to have a conversation here that's such and a that's a very I, I D thing that yeah. has like go on sorry sorry oh, sorry out, go of, on. out of the like so the the item that i gave brendis the dagger that did that mm-hmm. i think that worked better than the item that i gave arello arello because by the time Arello was like able to start using it, like I should have just given you because we were close to the end of the game, a cool item. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of what we're usually interested in with magic items too, is like messing around with mechanics or trying new things or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and I've definitely done that in this game too. We're just kind of like, ah, like I'm just part of it too. Though is you're making not a bad thing, but just the way that we play games is we throw things out there, and then like what we pick up on, we pick up on, and what we don't, we don't. You know? Yeah. Yeah, like I again listening to session zero. Kimin Kimin doesn't bark, right? 
because it wasn't it wasn't interesting for Kimmon to be doing. I it was just, right it was a witty one liner, you know, yeah. like but it just never came back. It just I I didn't I didn't like how it felt. So I was like, well that wasn't important. It was it was kind of a fun it was a fun question you asked me and like it was a fun answer that I gave, yeah. but it wasn't the character that I ended up playing. Right. So yep. I just got rid of it. That's definitely a big part of play to find out is like yeah, we're just doing some stuff, then we'll latch onto certain things. Yeah. And then, you know, you tell the story kind of retroactively, and that's just the way that RPGs work, especially story gaming ones. Like, at the table, you're just kind of, like, hashing on it. And then, like, the way that you tell your friends about it, you're like, oh, yeah, in this campaign, we did this really cool thing, and whatever. My character did this, and then got taken over, or whatever. Like, so, you end up finding those story beats, but then, like, that's not necessarily the game session to session. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is, that's true of all, like, all RPGs, I I feel like. I don't know. Yeah, I have I have a suggestion. I'm just curious what you guys think of like this way to fix. Because I really like the idea of the checkboxed magic item. I think that that's great, and I think that it it kind of and maybe maybe it's just too many things for a character too to many keep track fiddly of. bits. Yeah. But but what if it was like when you use it or when you kill a monster with it or whatever, just check a box and describe how this changes you. I mean, I think that is exactly what we should be aiming for, which, yes. Yeah. It's like, the, it should be a little bit more fundamental, no approximate growth over, like, filling, when you hit three checkboxes, when you hit five, it's like every right. time it does something. Every time something changes. I think that's where we all land with that. To that point, all you need is a little fictional. Like, you don't even need the mechanics to change, yeah. but at least checking in and right. being like, you know, doing a thing. How does or this it, feel it, with you? Yeah. Yeah. How does this affect your spirit? How does this affect your physical sure. body? Exactly. How does this affect your mind? Like you can, like on the first box, this. On the second box, this. On the third box, this. Um, and then you know, then it could be because I think it should probably end honestly, but I I don't know. It depends on what it is. But um, I think that that's. I mean, maybe it's just not flavorful enough for. It's not something you can I, sell. Uh, so. Uh, I, <laughs> I honestly think the the difficulty of it is that sometimes this little mini thing where you're supposed to keep checking in happens at inopportune times where you're like, oh, and I I used it and, you know, there's just a bigger wave of things happening right now. So it gets kind of swept up and swept away and doesn't feel as impactful. You know, when you're in a quiet moment, you can totally do when you're like, that's another good point yeah. that you bring up in that a lot of the 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 check a box when you kill a monster check a box when you use a weapon blah 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 kind of items it kind of presupposes that the combat you're in doesn't have stakes attached to it <laughs> yeah which uh, is not something that occurred to me before you said it but it's like no these things should be happening just by the fact that you're trying to fucking kill something yeah it should yeah it should mean a thing that you're that you're like fighting for your life I, I think, like, actually making magical items that uh, parasitically engage with more social moments might actually yeah. like, have a mm-hmm. bear some cool fruit. Yeah, that, that's a good that's that's a that, when you yell. <laughs> well, it's yeah. that's, would be having a thing that says, like, you know, if you're interacting with someone and you check off the box, it's because it's like, oh, the NPC recognizes this weapon. What, how do they react to it or whatever, oh. right? Which, puts, I don't know if it was a joke or something somebody said on Twitter or whatever, but there's always like this kind of thing where it's like the orc recognizes your sword as blah, blah, orc killer, the blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, then they're mad at you because of it or whatever. And at least that's something interesting rather than just. Yeah. That's way, that's legitimately way cooler than anything we've said up to this point. 
Not, not, and and I don't mean this like the the items that you made weren't cool, Ryan. That's not what I mean. But I, I no, think, no, no. I think, but we're I all definitely the- think they could have been different and been cooler or worked better yeah it's totally more yeah the function of our storytelling style and how do we engage yeah. with that better yeah. and i yeah. I, I love I, I think i think that like the the item especially the the glaive that zach had like a better thing than having check boxes is like cool you can like tap into this the ancient knowledge of the former wielders what do you you what do you lose to do that exactly so is that is that memories is that like oh i'm changing into an elf and that's more for you to decide Mm -hmm. than having like a list of potentialities paired with it and then nothing changes with that it's just you know oh i you have to give something up to just make this function yeah yeah the um i would i would say that if you guys are so inclined um a magic item that does the the time thing that we gave Talon, either either glimpse a uh, glimpse with it attached to a weapon, I think is really cool. Um, but the uh the 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 look back in time, I think has some legs to it, and maybe should just be written up separately. I think that's really cool. Like uh, you can see back, like you know, not just to any point in time, but to the the some into somebody's memories. I was right. gonna say, yeah, Who's like passed. the wielder's spirit when you fight someone who uh, a, was, a great foe who has a his yeah. Well, that again, like That's you have spicy. a you have a you know the temple the his the blade of history, and then it looks back in time. Yeah, and, exactly. But you can yeah, evolve that, and trope, it could like right? grow more. And That's kind of what yeah. I mean. Like, yeah. oh, you found this weapon, and you're using this weapon, and you keep checking off the experience box for this specific weapon, and then it the weapon improves or whatever is interesting and a, a, an interesting way to evolve a class rather than just like yeah I do, I do think that there's like there's something to that mechanic for sure and it can be very interesting but it fits campaign style play more i think also than shorter games because it like yeah if you have ideas for a weapon just fucking throw it on there i don't i don't know if holding yeah. things back yeah. necessarily benefits which is why like the metroidvania thing is more like once you have it you have it now you can use it that's also just like yeah I don't know. It's interesting. Like, it'd be my preferred way. Like, there was, um, uh, what was I playing? Um, going back to video games. I was playing, like, Prey, and I booted it up, and I've, like, heard great things, whatever, and it, like, came to Game Pass, so I started playing it. And it's, like, the, it's an immersive sim game, right? Like, Deus Ex, or, like, um, like, Dishonored is, and so, like, you're exploring this spaceship Mm -hmm. and whatever. And then, like, my character leveled up the first time, and I clicked through, and I saw, like, the skill tree, and it was, like, you do, uh, 10% extra damage when you use the goo gun first before you, and I was just immediately, like, I don't fucking care. Like, I'm I'm out, and I just, like, quit the game, and I just didn't go back to it ever. (laughs) I was, like, it's just not fun, as compared to, like, even Dishonored, which is, like, you play that, and you get an ability, and it's, like, you know, you you can make a leap and kill It's Dishonored, or it's Bioshock, right? It's, like, what if I told you you could take fireballs, or you could take ravens, and you're, like... Right. Yeah. Well, even even Deus Ex. So like, even like, Deus. Yeah, immediately interesting or whatever, and not just like yeah. incremental. Yeah. I feel it, like Deus Ex is a the maybe the best example. I've only played Deus Ex Machina. I've never played the OG one. The OG one fucking rules. It's old. It's 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 old as hell. So like it's. I it's, remember being obsessed sens- with that game at the time, but it's definitely dated. Yeah, it's it was dated when it came out. Its sensibilities are antiquated i don't mean that like it's socially behind the times i mean that in the sense of like what we're what we're talking about where 10 percent damage is a thing but it has a whole like it has a whole bunch of like social yeah ways you can go about things and like sim- because as the name suggests it takes a lot from system shock which is yeah. a game i need yeah. to investigate but yeah yeah the original yeah but anyway sorry ryan i interrupted you go on oh but i i could be misremembering from the the newer ver- games in the series but i feel like there are a lot of the like you upgrade your like 
biotics and that a lot of them are pretty fucking cool like you you immediately get some it's not like a damage increase because that's not what the game is about so much yeah the only i i remember the really shitty thing but is it's kind of cool is that there's one that if you you take it it's like a in in like an RP moment, and somebody offers you like this massive upgrade, and if you take it, you can't beat the game. Yep, that happened to me. Yeah, that's I I never beat the game. I had to go like look up why I couldn't do any damage to the last boss. Oh yeah, and I forgot about that. It too. felt yeah. shitty at the time, and it probably is no, shitty to design. not like that's just, forecast that's it design. at all. Well, so but I do. You I have like choices, the idea but of, also if you make this choice, you're screwed. I'll, I, yeah, I have yeah. I have thoughts, but Ryan Ryan, finish what you're saying. Well. I, I do I like the idea of things only coming from the story like don't give me a fuck ton of experience points for just playing the game like I'm gonna play it no matter what so don't give me a bunch of incremental just make me awesome right away mm-hmm. but then if you do want to give me like choices and and like make them big choices yeah. right like make it a significant choice into like how how do I want to spec my powers like yeah or, or whatever. Well, that's even, again, the Dishonored 2 at least splits that right away, where the very first thing you do is pick yeah. your character and which yeah. character you choose. How do you, like, you want to play? Yeah. Yeah, it changes which Emily tree or you even get. So it's Corvo. like, yeah. it's immediate. Yeah. yeah. So the, the thing that Ryan's talking about is there's a, um, there is a sting that you can get an upgrade, and it's obviously... The game makes no attempt to hide that it's a trap. Hmm. And so the reason I did it, and I assume the reason Ryan did it as well, is because we're trying to experience as much of the game as possible. And so it's like, well, let's see what this does. Yeah. But you just get this upgrade, and then the operation's over, and then the game continues back to normal. It's fucking terrible. It's it's legitimately like, and then you get to the final boss, and they yeah, they had a they had a cortex like EMP thing that they implanted in you. Um, RPing, right? It's like. In the 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 role playing reason for you to do this is is not there. You shouldn't do this with if no. you're playing a character that is impacted by this in the way that you are, because you should be smarter, right? Well, it's like if it's an interesting idea that you as a designer think is good, just have it be part of the plot of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 But it it, it totally fucking fails. It, yeah. it um uh, and I couldn't beat the game because of it either. And it's wild that that they don't make that clear. Yeah. When you can't succeed, that it's not like, haha, because you activated, you activated my trap card. Well, it, it, it'd be one thing too if you like had to do something in the fight, like it made the fight harder. Sure. Fine. I was gonna say, yeah, that's what makes it cool in RPGs is you could utilize that, and then you have the rest of the party who can, however, this spell or this ensorcelment yeah. is it buffing you and not, they can possibly remove it, and that becomes a part of yeah. You the can't story you can't fucking yeah you can't sh- you can't fashion. shoot the yeah, yeah yeah just have him have have it so that he has this remote and you could shoot the remote yep. And it's like, yeah. oh man, that's hard, but I can do it. Yeah. But they don't give you anything like yeah. that. Exactly. If memory serves. It's been a while because I also stopped playing the game when that <laughs> happened. Yeah, I got so fucking mad. Well, yeah, of course. Because it's then like... I, as as a an avid Dark Souls player, I think that might be the most mad that I've ever been playing any game because Dark Souls is fair. Tough, but fair. And a good example of like getting new stuff is awesome, but no new stuff... like doesn't matter that much most of the time mm-hmm. and and like the game is fun no matter what that's doing a different thing although i think there's like dark souls to me is like the ultimate just like oh my number i got a bigger number on my on my cool sword or whatever well but i think <laughs> there's got to be someone out there making a, a dark souls vania 
Oh, what about Hades? That's a roguelike. Yeah. Hades. It, yeah. it is a roguelike, but I do one thing that I do appreciate is like getting new stuff is generally like it's cool. Oh, these things do it like are cool new things that I can do now. Yeah, and it's always something cool and different that changes. I mean, you have a, like an infinite number of runs that you can do, but like it's it like because of the nature of a roguelike, you can't just have it be like, oh, cool, you do ten percent more damage because you're gonna die soon so it doesn't fucking matter so you, everything has to be like oh when you do this thing it's different somehow in a good roguelike i'm sure there's shitty roguelikes that do there absolutely yeah, sure. are, yeah, but... I, I don't play a lot of them because i don't enjoy them yeah but uh i did enjoy hades and i think that's a huge reason yeah that that studio is fucking brilliant I yeah are you yeah, yeah they, I think they, everything they, they don't miss yeah they, they really don't miss even their little basketball game. Yeah, I know. I was play. like, I, I didn't play it, but I like I can't they deny the. They didn't do almost human basketball, did they? Or totally, no, totally human basketball? No, no, no. no. It, it's a. Uh, uh, I can't remember what the name was, like but I played Kindle the shit or out something. Of it. It's something. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Inferno. It it's literally yeah, it's something like that. Like it's a there you're a traveling caravan of whatever. Anyways, yeah. Uh, all there. They did transistor. They did. Oh no, no no no. Oh no. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was. I was talking to Sam about this the other day. Yeah. They fucking rip all yeah, their shit. I, all their I, shit. I, I played Bastion and Transistor, and yeah. I love both of them. Transistor is a beautiful game. Transistor is yeah. fucking great. Yeah. I th- I'm. Yeah. I I'd be surprised if Bastion really holds up to the test of time. But that's more. It does. That, I just replayed it. Not oh really? Funny. I would. I would think yeah. it'd be like Seinfeld isn't funny. Like interesting. Yeah. It, well, to my and perhaps not my defense, and I also find Seinfeld funny. So my point isn't that Seinfeld isn't. F- Do you know the trope I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I'm not yeah, actually no, 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 no. saying Seinfeld isn't funny. I'm saying that it's it's so influential that you you would yes. it wouldn't seem novel. Yeah, um, but it, it it held up pretty well when you went back and dove back into it. Yeah, yeah, I still thought it was fun. That's oh, good. Yeah. That's good because oh, yeah. I don't remember that game really doing anything. It that, doesn't that interesting like gameplay yeah. wise. It was but, just but it was a good fun, right? it was a good like, vibe. Yeah, and I'm always a sucker for vibes. Look at Hyperlight Drifter. Hyperlight Hyper Drifter is the Hyper that is just a, all that vibes, is all vibes, yeah. all vibes all day. All vibe, <laughs> all vibes, and like, oh, it feels so good beating I, that game. You're yeah, I played like, that game. That game so I played good. that game recently. It's good, you know. It's just a good game. It's just it's good. a good game. Like yeah. it's a a finely designed game, and then it has on top of it some of the fucking best music. It's got yeah, it's got good vibes. I'm the kind of asshole who like finds that room where it like starts counting the number of dashes you can do in a row, mm-hmm. and is like, well, I have to yeah, do I have this. to win this somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So forty like forty five minutes, fucking three hours later, I'm uh-huh. like I'm like at the perfect. I have to do it on my la- I have to do it on my keyboard. Yeah, I have to push space. <laughs> yeah, I did it. I think it was like three hundred or something you had to do in a row. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did it. No, it was probably a thousand. It was a lot. It was a fucking a lot. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah, just like that. I mean, um, that game just being so esoteric and is something that I wish we could translate better into tabletop RPGs or whatever. Because like you can hit you can hit a tone or whatever, but like it's difficult to really just like sink into an aesthetic didn't they make a hyperlight drifter rpg i just yeah but what would that be i believe they did it's also hilarious yeah, I, because I, I all i i was all i was listening to was hyperlight drifter when i was prepping for the home campaign where where uh brian brewed up the city of um Jataka. Is that was that no the, no that's, no that's ka ka the original ka game like that was all I was listening to 
And uh, we we definitely got some of those like dusty vibes from that fucking but anyways, soundtrack. Swords Without Master. I didn't mean to like totally cut you off. I'm sorry. I'm, no, that's I fine. I just got excited. Um, no, Swords Without Master, I think, gets the closest thing that you need. Because you, you sink into like things just happen and like your character has to take them on face yeah. value. Mm-hmm. Well, that's such a good emergent gameplay like, thing anyway. And you are hitting is. tones constantly. And so, like, you just, it really incentivizes evocative descriptions. I'm really thinking for this, like, little whatever, and who knows if it'll ever happen, but this swords and sorcery uh, specific PBTA thing. Like, you roll 2d6. How's, can we just jam tones in there? Like, it's 2d6 and you add up the total yeah. and it's PBTA rules, but you also have tones that you switch between um, and yeah. change your narration. If, but, like, what? it doesn't... <laughs> What if instead of like sword and sorcery, it was, you know, like how monster hearts and the veil, like monster hearts, it's the labels or whatever they call them. The veil, it's your emotions. What if different playbooks had different tones that they were trying to hit? And like, oh, you, when you hit like, I thought about that for you sure, know, especially taking inspiration from the veil and how good that game was and always checking yeah. back and then like trying to hit flowery language which is like definitely a, a sword yeah. and sorcery thing of like excessive language or whatever Man. and then yeah the having tones be your stat basically and like oh describe this I to was, me and like yeah you hit that tone do it yeah like roll it i'm pretty hot on a game that's built around its playbooks let's say there are six or seven of them and the each playbook has a different different tones and everyone yeah. rolls with a light die and a dark die in the playbook and their tones hit differently and you kind of can have this weird amalgamation slash clash of people like that's that's kind of interesting you could definitely do it that way where it's like stats and tones but like think about tones as stats even and then because the veil always asks how does your character feel in this situation mm-hmm. and you could yeah. obviously mm-hmm. you could game this and just constantly which you can do in the veil too is you can just be like oh i'm i feel the best way about everything <laughs> Um, but instead of yeah. instead of asking how does this make your character feel because it's sword and sorcery which is not really known for like it's good emotional feeling? depth yeah <laughs> yeah, you, it's, yeah it's, at, at best at best we get angry angry man in rain how is this supposed to make us feel how is this supposed yeah. to make the players feel what like what tone are you setting in your narration for this and then roll based on that or whatever and then you know each time you have your own different like I don't know if that works but it's an interesting idea that I've been thinking about. I do think, so I think we're straddling two lines. I think that um, there's the stat line that you're talking about, um, which I don't, I don't think necessarily that you should change across all playbooks. And I also am not sure. I don't know. But um, I think that there is like each, each separate character could have two tones and then like a stymie as it were could switch switch the tones and like each playbook could have their own tones i think that that would be like super interesting or at least they have their they have one tone and it's like if you if you hit doubles your tone switches to this and this is doubles before stats i think that could be really cool well that's even you know if you're you're doing a normal stat thing and you have that going which is kind of what i'm operating under right now for my thoughts but then like you just literally you have to have 2d6 and they have to be different colors and then you have your higher ones you can still have snimes stymies and stuff built into the game but literally mashing like swords into ppta i think is yeah. I, want, I just want I, I was to do just it because maybe... i love swords so why would i not <laughs> take massive inspiration <laughs> from that game i think maybe the veil crossed with swords might be too much but i think having each playbook have their own so like if you have a ranger it's like your tone your tone is i don't know 
fast-paced shootout. Your 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 tone is shootout. How about that? Your tone well, is shootout. And it's high noon. Yeah, something like that. And and so you get your character gets the whole the whole narrative shifts to like specifically your character getting in a shootout, right? Like I don't know. I'm just spitballing what it could be, but you know. Holy shit, a cowboy RPG and the two tones are high and new. We've talked about yeah, this like totally literally about like 10 times. It's, it's weird so west cuz we've every t- what should exist which doesn't for some reason cuz like weird horror west exists but like psychedelic west like it's just I mean mm-hmm. it's it's um fucking uh what's that Hodorowski movie? <laughs> That's like probably the closest to psychedelic west, but you don't, don't uh, know. El you're Toro on your, yeah, you're on, you're on. El Topo. There it is. El Topo, but it's no, it's Hodorowski, so it's insane and doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's a western or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, high and noon is pretty good. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just a game that should just exist. Good knuckle um, tats, high noon. But I do think that the the whole point of playbooks is to evoke a like a, a an archetype, right? Like a trope that establishes a certain type of character. And the idea that you, when you choose these characters, you're also choosing what kind of vibe you want to have, like what tone you want to have. So rather than, I mean, fuck, this is maybe how you do it. Is like alignment doesn't exist hit your vibe if you hit your vibe you get to do a thing or whatever <laughs> vibe check vibe check vibe you just check gotta vibe check it great. like and then anytime you like really push to invoke that or like having flags but saying like when my character is on screen i want to lean towards it's it's everybody has unparalleled basically mm. which yeah. is the the mm. ability in swords of that master to, to have a different tone from the rest of the table but if each archetype has like a few choices maybe or whatever and you choose them and then like leaning into that or setting the scene uh helps you know like oh hey guys in this scene i really want to hit my vibe and then it's based around that or whatever is i think cool and has potential that's cool yeah and i don't know like like really hitting games that get everybody on the same page as far as like what the tone is and you can definitely do that with like you know people use what is it cats or whatever I think that's what it's called, right? Where oh, like, you're yeah, really yeah, setting yeah. those expectations at the beginning of the game. Like that works, but oh, yeah. trying to find an excuse to have people narrate. Cool shit. Yeah, just like cool shit, whatever. Like in a, like really focusing on the words you're using. And that's what I like about Swords Without Master as a game is like it really makes you think about a scene and focus on things that maybe you wouldn't ordinarily focus on. Yeah. Like no RPG, no other RPG would have let me play a Candymancer who summons a giant demonic gingerbread man. Only, only in Swords Without Master. Well, I mean, there are plenty of games that would let you do that, but none would let you do <laughs> none. None would let you do that with any kind of seriousness. And yeah, and yeah. that was what was bizarre about that game was your character was ridiculous, but what you were doing wasn't ridiculous. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't funny. It was but it motivated. was very much because we were like, well, you can't leave the tone. Like the tone is still going to get hit. Yeah, and that's yeah. And that's what's good, and that's what you're getting at about like making just making people say how something's supposed to make you feel. And mm-hmm. like, because that's what, what we're trying to do with RPGs at any fucking point is, is just to try to like, be fucking honest about what you're doing. Just anytime, anytime it's opportune, just stop trying to trick anybody because anytime you try to trick somebody, it just makes everybody mad. But my character has this cool backstory and I don't want it to be revealed until the end. Yeah. You should stop playing RPGs. <laughs> yeah. I know. I've, I've tried I, my best. Backstory, <laughs> having like them. required backstories and shit is its own conversation. Having secretive required backstories. Backstories are great. I think, it, I think it really drives personal investment and I think that that's not uh, a bad thing. I hate thing. them. <laughs> I think having, I think having, look, as somebody who hates backstories too, um, 
But having secretive backstories are fucking terrible. I agree. Secrets don't make friends. Secrets are bad in yeah, RPGs. Sure. Secrets are dog Even shit. Even if you're the dungeon master? Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Because if everybody knows, if everybody's in on it outside of the game, then you get some great moments in the game of yeah. like that wink wink they're, nudge, they're, nudge. they're fucking pushing towards it some, too. Some, some things are probably now, fine. Hey but. guys, we did it. We brought it back to tonight's session. Pretty much. <laughs> That's we reel that bass in, I was baby. Because, like, you know, it was there's part of it that's like, oh, it'll be fun to have you know, you guys slowly discover that. But then everybody at the table knew, and then like just realizing it kind of just like rather than like pretending to keep a secret or whatever, which we could have done, like, okay, I passed it. Yeah, Nathan, I hit you up on the Discord and I let you know that now that you're you know, you're going to be possessed, that's your fail. I'm just going to tell them that nothing happened. I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend to check off a box and then okay, don't let them know that you've been possessed by whatever is like less fun than just Fart. like. I strip fully naked. You guys can figure out how to solve this later, maybe somehow. But that's yeah. the question. Yeah, you know, well, not, I mean, I, do we know that something's wrong with Kim? And it's like, well, I I told Zach, I told Zach that when we took our first break, was I was like, I'm not like hamming it up too much because I just thought it was more interesting if I acted extremely obvious, so your characters wouldn't have to try to pretend. Yeah, exactly. Like I didn't think, I just didn't think it was fun. The fun part, as I as you just said, JD, the fun part is you guys figuring out how to fix it. And as I as I act like a complete psychopath, yeah, it'll be spicy. I I do I think that there is a if you want to play RPGs where there are secrets like that, make sure everybody's on the same page, right? Like as long as everybody's having fun and consenting, um, fine. I I think it's worse way to play games. Yeah, I don't think like it gets to a point where you're like you should be playing a board game if you're trying to like get one over on people. That being said, we always did secrets in worldwide wrestling, secret debuts, secret twists. I have bad news. I have bad news as to how that ended. What do you, what do you mean? All of them were trash. It just never. It no. Nobody was ever actually satisfied, man. No, nah, whatever. We got because like it, that was. It was less about like keeping the secret and more about like saving the excitement of a pop when people literally are like, Oh, you know? Yeah. I, I, it, it was like 70, 30 for like pop moments. Sure. Yeah. It was more, it was like more a often lot of the time. Yeah. Most of the time it was trash. Every once in a while it was like really I think good. it was better when the, when it was like arranged around the booking and less around like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to murder you later in the locker room. <laughs> yeah. A, a, a big reveal coming out at the end of the night is different than like what we're talking about here. But that was very much like less you're trying to get one over on people and more like it's just you're trying you're, to emulate that. You're trying to elicit a pop. Like, oh, there were a lot of times where we were trying to get one over on people. Yeah, for sure. And, that's, and, that's and we includes you and I just just for just like specifically you and I. <laughs> there are multiple instances of you and I <laughs> colluding and just really pissing people off and it not working very well to say nothing of you pissing me off or me pissing you off, <laughs> yeah, you which also happened. To, you guys used to piss on each other. Did Ryan leave? <laughs> No, I'm still here. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, no, you guys were great. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, but that's also we were like definitely exploring the boundaries of that game and what we were doing there because yeah. we played it so long and everything else, which is very different, I think. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's different in the sense that we know why we made the mistakes. They're still mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, oh, yeah. what I think I'm getting at is like surprises the Godfrey situation. <laughs> I should have done it. <laughs> I should have done it. <laughs> it's my, it's my one regret is not literally murdering another character live on television. That would have been more interesting than a lot of the stuff that happened. <laughs> TBF. I don't know what you were talking that about. That wasn't even All a secret. Was that was great. just a conclusion to things that had been happening. But um, I, I think the point there is like secrets and trying to keep secrets. Not that fun. 
Surprises, on the other hand, which we've talked about before. Yeah, great. But yeah. surprises usually should hit the whole table at the same time. Yeah. It was a surprise that Kimmin was taken over by a Pythian because none of us expected it. But it was a natural conclusion yeah. of the roles that all hit us basically at the same time. Of like, well, that is what happens. Uh, and then yeah. it's not a secret from anybody. And you're dealing with the surprise of the thing happening, not trying to have a thing that, you know, the, the big issue with, and this is going back to backstory too, is like having things that happen that only matter to your character. And you're just like, okay. Or the opposite. Like if anyone ever wants to be outside of the realm of understanding and wants to create that tension, I think they should, but no one should ever be left out. Right. Like it should be a thing where you're like, I want my character to not understand this because i think that's a cool point of tension and we can engage with each other but like to be like well you don't get you don't understand what's happening it's like all right then i'm just a dumb <laughs> fuck and i just am along for the ride it's uh it's the thing with urizidi right like urizidi could have been a character in a different game where i was keeping secret mm-hmm. from everybody that he's a huge piece of shit right yeah. Yeah. So in this game though it'll be a su- <laughs> well in, in this game it'll be a surprise if Urizidi like betrays somebody yeah right? actually goes but, but the like, distance I, I'm yeah. not keeping secret that like Urizidi has oh my dad's actually the emperor and I'm here to get surprise yeah like yeah I, I'll totally set sa- like surprise I'm gonna sacrifice you guys so that I get away like no Urizidi's been like yeah I'd probably do that yeah and like that's better <laughs> yeah uh, yeah because you've taken the time to bring that up at the beginning failed us won us back over failed us like it's the type of thing where like right now if we believe in you again it's actually super narratively satisfying that you fail us again yeah you at the beginning of this you told like not the beginning at the middle of this you said that i was dead and you left me for dead and i came back as like you piece of shit and then you had a chance to be a hero again for the one person who actually thought you liked them or you had a connection with and you failed it's like yeah if we get that beautiful radical justice of you just leaving us to die as you take this fucking eyeball home to your daddy like it'll be fucking great like that's a beautiful fucking story to tell whereas a bunch of people who constantly were duped by you because you were honest and you failed us you know you were like come on like we wanted you to be better and you just weren't that's fucking so good it's it's real good and like not just piggybacking off of a couple things there Lug isn't stupid, and I don't think Lug ever came off as stupid. No. Lug just came off as, like, he doesn't really know what's going on. He just assumed that you guys were after something powerful because you were going to a place, or rather, there was a a thing here that was, like, supposed to be powerful. Mm. He's like, this will help me. I don't, I mean, I don't know. It was, it was like, I think a character like this, a lot of people would have, like, pushed to be stupid. And, like, a lot of people would have pushed me to be stupid and you guys didn't do that and i i think it worked really well that's all yeah it's uh, not it's yeah. you're unnatural at this point and not and you you don't know what's going on but you're not you're not dumb in the sense of like you're trying to pick it up as you go of like what's what's happening basically because you have no other choice like it's just we're also we're not stringing you out to just make a fool right. of yourself like you right. can say dumb things but it's fine because well, we have to we have to be like yes Go on. Like, if I, if I were suddenly possessed by a demon and, like, we had game nine, I was like, I roll a D12. <laughs> and everybody's like, no, Nathan, <laughs> you don't. Are you yeah. okay? Yes. 
We usually roll the cubes. (laughs) 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 All right, man. Uh, Yeah, roll your two cubes and read them. That's a better... I'm going to use that from now on instead of like the typical narration of like 2d6. Be like, roll two cubes. Roll the dodecahedron. Tell tell us where your geometries (laughs) fall. (laughs) All right. We've been recording for a long time. I I think we're done. done. Whatever. But we've talked enough about random topics. We've been pissing around for an hour.